This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Five minutes till the main event. Is this the way my life was spent? Now the winter of my discontent is about to turn a new year. Minister, he's pleading me to save myself. He's reading me apocalyptic verses from a book. I squint my eyes to look at him and said, Save your stories, save your pleas. There's nothing left, there's nothing here for me. You will listen, you will see. Welcome back to the How Will I Die podcast, starring Nicholas Howe. It's me, Nicholas Howe, here to do a follow-up episode to last week's episode, Who Done Went and Did It? Well, thanks to the viewers at home, I now know who. Well, kind of. You see, as the viewers, listeners, however you want to define them, were sending in their information, I got full confirmation. I think something in the atmosphere changed when that last episode went out, because I was able to see clearly what happened. And let me tell you, the biggest reason that I couldn't understand what was happening was because that moment was a fixed point in time. So everything before it and everything after it were diverging timelines. But that specific moment where the lights go out, that is a fixed point in time. Sometimes those happen across many universes. And for this one, It happens across three. After that moment was a diverging timeline. Three separate timelines had the same events happen, and I've been able to piece together all three. So let's jump into it and find out the who and the how. In the first timeline, there is an accident that takes place that leads to the eventual death of Nicholas. You see, earlier in the night, Nicholas caught Danny stealing from his room. The only thing he did catch him with was the box, which, as some of you viewers have correctly guessed that box was the ring that Nicholas was going to use to propose to Paulette. And he was going to do it tonight after dinner with all of his friends there. It was going to be actually pretty sweet had it gone properly. But while Danny was snooping around, he found a baggie with some pills in it. Now, Danny doesn't use pills, but a quick buck is a quick buck. And if you know how to sell some pills, you're pretty set. So he took some out of the baggie, and stuffed them up his shirt sleeve. A fairly safe place, it can be assumed. That's where he normally stores things that he steals. One time, he stole three bottles out of Nicholas's room. He wasn't sure what the bottles were for. There was no branding on them or anything, but he stuffed all of those up his shirt. And so at dinner time, when people were handing things around, at some point, Danny's arm crossed over Nicholas's drink cup. And at that moment, for fate reasons, one of the pills slipped out of his shirt and into Nick's cup, dissolving fairly quickly. Danny had accidentally killed Nicholas because he wanted to steal from him, which kind of sucks, but also could you imagine stealing from your friend and then accidentally killing them with their own pill that you thought was something like ecstasy or Adderall or something? Now, Danny didn't know what had happened, so everything he said was true, with the exception of when telling the cops that... (laughs) He had stolen from Nicholas. He didn't mention the pills. So Danny was able to live his life without 
ever finding out that he was the reason that Nicholas died. Accidents happen, which is fine, and sometimes Nicholases get killed by really good friends who they may or may not have dated after high school. And that's how that timeline ended. Danny accidentally killed Nicholas, and no one ever knew. Everyone at the party suspected everyone else, but nobody knew who actually did it. And that is a beautiful end. But it's not the end, because there are two more endings. The second pathway is when good people go bad. You see, when Nicholas was a member of the Force, he was a good person, a good cop. Not the best cop ever, but he did his due diligence, signed the correct things, and he did the right things the right way. Raul was a little bit more of a wild man. Sometimes he didn't follow protocols. Sometimes he accepted $20 to look the other way on a speeding ticket. Not the worst person ever, but morally corrupt. When they took down that big organization, just the two of them working together, somehow taking down an organization, a fantastic feat for any cop, let alone Nicholas. But if you know how the criminal world works, when something as big as a crime organization gets taken down, it leaves a void. And at some point, that void needs to be filled. And that's what Nicholas was looking into. You see, after Nicholas and Raul took down the organization, someone stepped up. It wasn't just completely wiped out, as Nicholas had originally suspected. Someone took over, and that's what Nicholas was working on. That's the secret case that he was working on. The only reason he came across it was because he knew someone who had died from some bad drugs on the street. He wasn't sure who he could trust in the force, and he wasn't 100% certain that he could trust Raul. So he would use Raul's knowledge of the force today to look into things. And that is what ended up screwing him. Because you see, in this path, this timeline, there was one person who took over the whole organization. That one person was Raul. After Nicholas had left, Raul felt abandoned. Nicholas was his partner and his best friend, and suddenly he was gone. He worked with a few other partners until he found a new one, a worse one. If Nicholas was his good moral conscience, Jeremy was the bad. And Nicholas was closing in on Jeremy. He was very close. He had evidence, but Nicholas knew that someone else is working with Jeremy. Since Raul kept his new partnership secret from Nicholas, there was no way for Nicholas to know that Raul and Jeremy were working together until he saw them out on a beat together. Nicholas confronted Raul giving him a choice. Raul could either help Nicholas take down Jeremy and the whole new organization, or their friendship would end. The invitation to the potluck was basically a choose a side. Nicholas could take an answer in that form. If Raul showed up to the party, they're good friends still, and they care about the truth and justice. If Raul didn't show up, then that's how it had to be. So Raul showing up was an interesting moment and at dinner he was smiling and laughing and being cheerful with everyone he played a good role until the lights went out Raul had gotten his hands on a blow dart and that is what he used to kill nicholas when tony said that they saw raul reaching into his pocket as if he was putting something away they were right he had a small blow dart in his pocket his jacket pocket and one needle dart small enough to not be 
detected on first glance, powerful enough to inject a poison into the bloodstream, killing Nicholas almost instantly. A very simple, easy way to dispose of someone who is going to expose you for corruption. Something that Raul felt bad about. There are so many lines that you have to cross before you get to a point where you feel bad about killing someone if you're already 10 feet deep into crime. Raul killing his best friend was one of those things because after Nicholas's death, Raul single-handedly took down the organization again. He turned against his partner Jeremy and he dismantled everything. And then he turned himself in. See, Nicholas didn't die in vain because Raul found the human side in himself. All it took to find his human self was one of my deaths. So, if you happen to be a cop <laughs> and you're <laughs> betraying your friends and whatever, and you're hearing this, and you're like, that's not going to be me. Trust me, it is. I've seen to the future and the past and the concurrence of many different Nicholases. Nikolai? Nicholas I? Whatever the plural of Nicholas is. Nicholas is, I guess. And trust me, you will feel bad. I pinky promise you. Also, please don't shoot me with a blow dart. It seems like it hurts. And that's where that story ends. There's still one more ending we need to cover. This last ending is the one that I assume. Now, when I was explaining to you guys some certain things, I had to double check my facts in the last episode. So, I watched... A good chunk of Nicholas's life. Don't ask me how I do it, because I don't quite understand it either. The way that I can see into the lives of the multiverse of Nicholas. For me, my multiverse is not a web, but a YouTube. Basically, I can click on a video and see different parts of different things. A Nicktube, if you will. In watching back, I found the biggest reason why this line of events happen. Because you see, in this line of events, it all starts with the bust. When Nicholas and Raoul took down the organization, they took down a very strong, prominent man in the community. Neither Nicholas nor Raoul knew about his extended family, however, and that is what ended up being a problem. You see, this man had another child that Nicholas and Raoul didn't know about. Davis Ramsey, the man did not share the same last name with his second daughter. And that daughter, as Nicholas learned at the company picnic, was Shauna. After everything happened with Davis Ramsey, Shauna got closer to her father. She would visit him in prison, and their bond grew. And then that day at the picnic, Nicholas found out just who he was working with. Davis Ramsey had taken a plea deal, which meant that he was out and free very quickly. Very closely watched, but very quickly released. He couldn't take back over his empire, basically, but he could find ways to work within that system, and he could find a way to take revenge on the people who put him behind bars. The reason Nicholas became so interested in Shauna was to find out everything he could about her father. Which is a bit of a shitty thing to do, especially when this girl is like, A, pretty cute, and B, really trying to be like, hey, What's up? What's going on between us? Are we like a thing possibly in the future maybe? Nicholas didn't care about that part. What he cared about was spending time with her to get to her dad, which is a weird thing to say. So he did that and he got the information he needed, but she was getting information as well. See, she knew that he was meeting with Raul. He wasn't a cop anymore, so why would he be interested in cop work? When she found out that Nicholas and Raul were the ones that took down her father, she approached her father with that information with a want, not for revenge, but just a little bit of repayment. So her father gave her something. Shauna was given 
a small syringe that she would use when the time was right. It would not, as Davis Ramsey told her, kill him, just make him think about his actions. Shauna truly believed her father. After all, why would her father, who she has a newfound love for, betray her trust? Well, the simple answer, Shauna, is because he's a criminal, and not even just a criminal, the head of a criminal organization, so he's kind of a shitty dude. Shauna just wanted a father, and she got one for her price. That night at the dinner party, Shauna went under the table in the dark and injected Nicholas in the leg. Shauna doesn't know about the human body. She's worked with computers her whole life. She understands how and why things work on a motherboard, but the human body has always been a little bit of a confusing topic for her. And when she injected Nicholas, she injected it into a major vein, which is why what was in the syringe acted so quickly. Because the needle on the syringe was so small, there wasn't much of a wound. So when he was checked over, they couldn't quite find anything in that moment. When Shauna realized what she had done, what was she to do then? She had just killed the man who she was working with for two or so years. A man who she was working on the biggest project she's ever seen with her own eyes with. A man who she, if we're being honest, kind of really liked, even though he was technically taken by Paulette. But she had done what she had done, and there was no coming back. After selling her idea hers and Nicholas's idea off to some tech company in San Francisco. She took that money and went away. Looking through the data stream of the Nicholas's, she completely disappeared from that world. So maybe she's somewhere in the multiverse figuring it out. Maybe even she's the reason that I have the ability to watch NickTube and check out the multiverse of Nicholas's. But that's just a theory. A Nick theory. <laughs> and that's the end, the final end, of Poison Nicholas. Hello, and welcome to the middle section, where I talk about things and stuff and things and stuff and things and stuff. A lot of things and stuff happened in this episode, specifically three different things. So, I would like to say huge thank you to everyone who submitted their hypotheses about who did what or why they did it. I appreciated that some people really were able to figure out what I considered the true ending, which was Shauna's. I had a few people who reached out and said that it was Shauna, and this was the reason why. Two people actually figured out the connection between her and the case, which was pretty super awesome. But then I had a few other people who were like, hey, I think it was Danny because this, this, and this. Or I think it was Raul because this, this, and this. And I was so intrigued with those ideas that I wanted to go ahead and run with them and kind of make them their own thing. So the reason that I've been kind of being like, if you haven't seen Clue, then this will be confusing for you, is because in Clue, there's multiple different endings. For this, I wanted to do a bunch of different endings, and I hoped that people would enjoy them. And it sounds like people did, and I hope that you guys enjoy the actual endings and finding out who did what and why. I would urge you guys to check out something of mine. So recently, I've been doing a lot of writing for comicbookresources.com. Um, a lot of work has been going into that. That's what I'm doing with most of my free time now. I've been writing articles for a little over a month, and it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun too because I get to read comics and watch anime and blah, blah, blah. So I've recently been posting a lot of them on my Instagram and my Twitter. If you guys would like to know some stuff that I'm interested in in this world, go ahead and go check those out. Just follow my regular Twitter 
at plasmatic210 or just go to at h-w-i-d-i-e-p-o-d that's the how will i die podcast twitter and just kind of look at just find it you can find them i guarantee you you're all smart people another piece of big news in my life is that i am moving very very soon to la so first of all if anyone really loves the show and super wants to be on it i'm going to be in town (laughs) fairly soon also i'm going to be doing a few special episodes coming up there are a few museums in town that i am super in love with and they have to do with dying so i'm gonna try and do a live podcast not live live but i'm gonna record on the go hopefully and i'm gonna be checking things out i might do a few videos here and there i'm not sure exactly how it's gonna work but stay tuned for that stuff lastly let's hear from a few fellow podcasters right here on the big heads media network first up we have the outlandish historians talking about their show dear world love history take it away gals Hey, we're Renee and Adrian, and we are the Outlandish Historians. We're sisters, nerds, and lovers of all things history, except bell bottoms. Keep that in the past. Come hang out with us on the Dear World of History podcast. We will frolic through time as we chat and geek out over the good, the bad, and the downright ugly history of the world. We promise you don't have to be a licensed historian to travel through time with us. Maritime disasters? Check. Historical serial killers? Check. Glamorous and petty royals? Check and check. You can find us almost anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Dear Historians and Instagram at Outlandish Historians. So chug that drink me bottle and come on down the rabbit hole. It's going to be a wild ride. Thank you very much. And next up, we have TV Tuners talking about TV. Take it away, guys. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. I'm Swanson, host of the TV Tuners podcast. Every week on TV Tuners, me and my co-host, Kyo Rain, Swanson, I need water. And Stairmaster. <laughs> review the latest in TV, discuss news, trailers, and even find time to play some fun games. Right now, we're working overtime to cram as much TV knowledge into our brains as possible. Isn't that right, guys? Swanson, we've been here for 24 hours. We need to get out of here. Not until you answer who Norm is. He's Fraser's brother. Wrong. You get the shock. <gasps> Check out TV Tales, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or any of the podcatchers of your choice. On the history side of poisoning and toxins and such, there's a little bit of a disconnect between numbers and fact and the breakdown of those numbers and blah, blah, blah. So, just typically... If you Google it, the number of poisoning deaths per year is typically around 480, somewhere in that range. How many of those people are specifically poisoned by a pill or an injection or a blow dart? That's, life can't decide that. But I did want to let you guys know that I tried to do some research. I found out a lot of the poisons that are super, like, murderable with but you'll notice that i didn't say any of them because i want to be legally safe from prosecution so i decided not to specifically name anything but just say poison i fully understand how poison works but for the safety and sake of the podcast episode i just said poison because why not and that's gonna take us into 
the Spam Slam. This week's Spam Slam is going to be a series of emails that I've been receiving since about 2012, and it's from Psychics. Ooh. So every few days, I get a new email that's like, here's the first one. He is searching for you is the subject line, and the email reads, Dear Nicholas, we had a vision last night about you and someone who was close to you in the past. I know you thought a lot about this person these last weeks. It's a sign from the universe that, read more. The next one is a special person, Nicholas. Dear Nicholas, what I saw moved me deeply, and I want to share it with you. My cards announced that you will meet a very special person. I already sent you an email about this some days ago, but did not get any answer from you. It could be a radical turn of situation. Something to think about, Nicholas. Dear Nicholas, we know you think you need this person, but you're wrong. In fact, they could be the reason of your nuisances. We have information, and we don't want to stay quiet. A strange feeling about you, Nicholas. Dear Nicholas, this morning I had a strange feeling about you. Oh, no shit. Someone is thinking about you, and not only good things. You can read the details here. The next days are decisive. Please don't ignore this message. There are things that he hides from you. Dear Nicholas, a person is hiding information from you. We will tell you what we know, but it must stay between us. Do not endure the effects of their bad energy any longer. To go ahead, continue with this link. At least we will give honest answers. We have nothing to hide. And our last one, waiting for your answer, Nicholas, from two months ago. Nicholas, I'm waiting for your answer, and your silence is starting to worry me. A person of your past will come back into your life, and their presence will change your situation. We'll tell you what we know, but don't show this message to anybody else. Interesting. So someone from my past is coming back to me, and they're lying to me, but these psychics are not lying to me. I think I'm going to have to reach out and read all of those links that they sent me. Absolutely no one could be sending me spam, I'm sure. I'm going to find out by clicking right now. Oh, I do know this person. There's a picture. It's... Uh, and that's going to do it for this week's episode of How Will I Die, starring Nicholas Howe. It's me, Nicholas Howe, signing off. But remember, death is coming, so why worry about the inevitable? Focus on the possibilities. Five minutes till they pull the switch. They say you'll only feel an itch. But they watch the catatonic twitch and the smoke that flows around you. They're beneath the gamma rays. Watch my soul just burn away. Well, don't you even try to pray. My fate is predetermined. You won't see me returning and save your story.